All right, let's just own it. There's something about this time of year that makes getting out of bed a little bit harder. The sky's dreary. It's been cloudy all week, if you all noticed that. And man, that can kind of mess with your mind after a while if you let it to. The, the weather's colder. We're all shut in. And the truth is, just we get moody and we get kind of depressed this time of year. And you're like, why in the world are you starting your sermon this way, Pastor Jason? But we might as well just own it. You know what I mean? I know I'm not the only one feeling it, right? Where's Ben? Where you at, Ben? <laughs> all right. It's just part of the season, and I get it. And I have, just after years of amazing, humble wisdom, and just sage advice for you if you're feeling that this week, and it's just really simple. Snap out of it. You know what I mean? You're welcome. That's it for the sermon. Have a good day. <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way, does it? That's not, not quite how we solve that. And yet, I think sometimes we have to hear it. It's just easy this time of year to kind of fall into a little bit of a pit. So be careful. We can fall into a, a funk, and it can be hard to dig ourselves out of it a little bit. And I bring it up because we're, just, we're in this last week of the REACH series, and I was really praying, Lord, what is it you want me to tell Radiant? Uh, what is that thing we want to remember as we close the book and move into what will be a great series next week. We're going to start a relationship uh, marriage series next week. That's going to be really cool. Invite your friends. But what do we want to say as we've brought reach back up to uh, people's attention? What do we need to know at this point in the reach campaign? And, and nothing I'm about to say today, I'm just going to go ahead and warn you, is mind-boggling or incredibly deep this particular time? Today's going to be true, practical, rubber hits the road. What is it we need to know? What do we need to be reminded of? And, and while this is true for reach, please hear me. Everything you hear today is going to be true in some aspect of your life as well. So let's march into it. What is it, I think, as we're into this series, in order to reach our goals, what do we need to know? And it's simple. We need to endure. It's that word endurance that we need to hold on to right now. Again, this is just the start of the race. It's not the end. We're only six months into this thing. This is a long-distance race, not a sprint. We're going to need to endure. But when I say endure, it doesn't mean that we all understand what endurance means. I mean, we all have general ideas. We use that word in our vocabulary. But what do we truly mean when we talk about endurance? And as I was really thinking through that this week and kind of building my case into it, Immediately, though, I like to read the Wall Street Journal. I don't know why, but uh, I found this great article early, and it said, more workers want to change jobs, but the market is getting tougher. Now, maybe you've discovered that out there, and I do believe that's the case. What caught my eye, though, in the article is, uh, go to the next slide if you could, is where it said, you know, they, they pulled like a thousand people, and of that thousand people, man, 85% say they're thinking about changing jobs this year, up from 67 last year. I mean, that's like 9 out of 10 of you in this room, y'all, are thinking of changing jobs. And maybe you're sitting there going, yep, that one's crossed my mind. You know what I mean? That's like 9 out of 10. That was staggering to me. And I'm like, what is driving this? What's going on? How can this be? And Good news, that article showed up two days later, and it went too hard to say. It says, nearly half of young adults say they're obsessed with being rich, and financial consequences may ensue. 
<laughs> Y'all chasing the bling. <laughs> the almighty dollar. Because uh, I think most of us in this room have learned money solves most of our problems, right? <laughs> Don doesn't agree. <laughs> yeah. Money doesn't solve all of our problems, does it? And the grass is not always greener on the other side. And so maybe, just maybe today, take a step back in our time together before you jump ship, and let's just talk through some things, including this word endurance for a moment. What does that word mean, and why is it important in our lives? Because I believe wholeheartedly if we're going to attain the goals that God has called us to do at Radiant Church, to take these next steps and be intentional, we're going to have to have endurance. So let's walk through what it, what it means uh, to have endurance. What does it take to endure? And usually I have these wonderful fill-in notes for you on the back page for you to follow along, and I just stink at my job. And... Uh, you got a blank page on there. Uh, no, I'll level with you uh, a couple things. Number one, I struggled with this sermon all week, right up to yesterday. I just struggled with it, so I didn't get them what they needed ahead of time. And let me tell you why. And, and, and this one might be interesting. Tammy's sitting in the back. She's going to smile her entire way through this sermon because we lived it this week. I realized when I was writing this, you know, every now and then you write a sermon, you're like, dang it, I, this is me. Uh, like, I'm writing a sermon of myself. Like, I have to give you a sermon for me on this. So sit back. This isn't about you at all. None of you have to endure anything. This is about me. But that's what it is. Every now and then you write this sermon, you're like, oh, man, it just God's stomping on your toes throughout the entire thing. That's what it was for me. And as a pastor, my gift then is to um, help stomp on your toes in return. So you're welcome on this. So, what does it take to endure? And the first one's very simple. Keep your eye on the goal. And I get it. Someone's going to be like, Pastor, this is like Dick and Jane simple, dude. I mean, we could call in a coach. Uh, 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 we could call in a self-help guru, and they'd give me the same advice. And I'm just going to tell you, yep, I'm truly keeping it simple this week. Because I think we need to hear this. Because, and here's why, particularly on this one. We say, yeah, that's simple, but it's been my experience in counseling people, talking to people, and so forth. There's a lot of people out there that don't have goals in their life. So it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. What are your goals in life? And, and, and you can have goals in various areas. There is the ultimate goal, like the thing that drives my life, but then you can have goals in your relationship. You can have career goals. There's all kinds of goals. And most of us, if we're just being honest, it's not that we're bad people if we don't have goals or we're struggling with that question. The reality is just this. Life's busy. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things competing for our time and attention. And, and as a result, sometimes we just don't stop long enough to ask the difficult questions or talk to our spouse or, or our friend or, or our boss or whoever we need to, to discover what is this goal that I'm supposed to be having let me ask it a different way. What is it you are chasing after in life? What's most important? What has your time and attention? Again, most people never stop to really wrestle with those questions. But once you kind of hone in a little bit on what you think that goal might be, then I have a couple of other new questions for you. 
Is that thing you're chasing after helping you or hurting you? Because just because you're chasing after something doesn't mean it's good for you, right? This thing you're chasing after, is it helping you or is it hurting you? Or let's ask a tougher one. This thing you're chasing after, is it an idol in your life? What's an idol? An idol is anything that comes between your relationship with Jesus Christ. Something that distracts you, that pulls you away from growing in your walk with the Lord. Do your goals align with God's goals for your life? Or are they selfish goals? Are they drawing you closer to Jesus? There's plenty of idols out there. We've talked about this before. I'll, I'll stick to the big three because most every other idol falls into one of these three categories anyways. I mean, there's sex, there's power, or another word for that is control, or there's money, and we all know the other word for that one, greed. But most, other, most of them fall in here, sex, power, money. And how do I know if something is an idol when I'm talking to somebody how can I know? I'll tell you how you can know. It's because when you bring it up or you challenge it or you talk about it, they almost immediately go defensive, get angry, or get anxious about it. Because people don't like to have their idol poked and prodded in their life. In fact, for most people, the picture I get is Gollum from Lord of the Rings, and he's got his precious, you know? Yeah. He's got that precious, and he's going he's gonna to hang on to that thing no matter what. He'll fight you for it even. And so let me ask you, what's your precious in life? What's that thing you're holding on to, that idol in your life? I hear the excuses. I mean, someone will say, all right, I mean, I have goals, and yeah, I have goals, let's say, for work or this, and that's a separate thing, Pastor. My, my goals for work are different than my spiritual goals and the goals God may have in my life. Those are, those are just two different segments of my life, and, and that might sound good. I just can't find it in Scripture. The Bible doesn't separate our spiritual life from our work life or our friend life or whatever life. According to the Bible, there's just your life, and God's supposed to be directing every single piece of it. We are not dualistic creatures somehow with one foot in the world and one foot in heaven. That is not at any point what Jesus taught us. We are called to be citizens of heaven. In fact, Jesus would warn us, you can't serve two masters. Matthew 6, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And notice how he ends here. You cannot serve both God and money. But let's face it, money's just one of them. We can replace that one out real quick. You can't serve both God and your control and need for control. You can't serve God and your addiction. Fill in your own blank there at the end. So let me ask, I mean, what are your goals in life? And if you're struggling with that, that's okay. There's a bunch of us in this room that are, and I do too. Sometimes you, but what I'm going to tell you is be intentional. Stop this week. Talk about it. If it's a marriage goal or, or, or for your home or whatever, stop and talk with your spouse. Or maybe it involves the kids, whatever it might be. Be deliberate in having these conversations. 
Because time and time again, you'll hear us say the why drives the what. If you don't have clarity on why you are doing something, you will just be floating around doing whatever, throwing your darts at whatever thing. You've got to have the clarity of the why. What's your goals in life? Second one's just as simple and just as hard. Keep moving forward. There's another word you can type next to that or write next to that in your notes, and that word is persistence. It's the word that comes with this, which is a necessary stubbornness you have to have in your life to advance the ball down the field. In other words, it's waking up every day and saying, no matter what, what the goal is, I'm going to do something today to move towards that goal. It may be a big step. It may be a small step, but whatever I do today, we're going to march this ball down the field even one, one yard at a time if I have to. It's that stubborn that says, well, I have to do that. And what we learn is that persistence is a daily mindset. You have to determine it up here. It's, it's not something you accidentally do. It's not, a, it's not something you're born with. It's a skill you have to build. It's a mindset you have to have. And because it's a mindset, it is a discipline. It's the athlete who wakes up every single day and says, it doesn't matter how cold it is, how much my body hurts, or how good this bed may feel, i got to get up, put the shoes on, and go for a run. That's what discipline is. It's persistence. It's making up my mind that I'm going to do this thing. And because it's a mindset and because it's a discipline, it is therefore a conscious choice. You choose to either advance that ball down the field, to take the next step towards your goal, or you don't. You have to choose to be persistent. Persistence says, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to win, and I won't quit. Period. So I like Albert Einstein when he says this. He says, life is like riding a bicycle. You keep your balance, or to keep your balance, you must keep moving. That's what persistence is. To keep your balance, you have to keep moving. And persistence is necessary if you want to achieve your goals in life. And so there's three key traits that I want to highlight. There could be many more, but these are just three right away that I want to highlight that is so important to persistence. And the first one is this. It takes grit. Now, I'm not talking about the slimy stuff Southerners eat for breakfast here. <laughs> All right? Who's heard of grit before? It, yeah, it's that courage and that resolve to do this thing. There's an even fancier definition they'll put on the screen you can read, but it's courage, it's resolve to do this thing. We've talked about this before already, but I just keep bringing this up. Key trait is discipline. You have to have a disciplined life. You have to do this thing. You've got to get up each day and determine, I'm going to move towards this goal. And the third one is easy, but not really as common, maybe, as it used to be in our culture. You want to achieve your goal, and you want to be persistent, it will require hard work. 
There is no easy button in this deal. I don't know a lot of lazy, persistent people. It requires hard work. It's not going to be handed to you. And it's not going to be easy. And when I think of a persistent person in Scripture, we'll just go straight for the big guy. It's Jesus. He was persistent. And he was persistent in a lot of different ways. But it's interesting in my study time this week of one in particular that just kind of stood out. I'm going to read some verses, and I think maybe it'll come out. And there's many more verses in Scripture, but I just picked three right away to kind of show it. It's like Matthew 16 says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. Another time in Luke, he said, In any case, I must press on today, tomorrow, and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of where? Jerusalem. Also, the next one, Luke 18, Jesus said to the twelve and told them, We're going to Jerusalem. Are you noticing a trend here? Jesus was single-minded, and there's many, or many other verses, single-minded in his focus, I'm going to Jerusalem. And the reality is this, as he went through small towns and he walked and villages and people, there were plenty more people that could have been healed, there were many more people that could have been taught, there were many other amazing, wonderful things that could be done. But at the end of the day, Jesus had absolute clarity and realized there's a point where I have to keep going to Jerusalem. And when you have a hold of that why in your life, that goal in your life, and it's clear in your life, it will sometimes be a razor that says, there are things I can do and there are things that I can't do because leadership is less about what you say yes to and oftentimes more about what you have to say no to. That goal will force you to say, I realize there's other things I can be doing and these are noble, worthy things, but I have to go to Jerusalem. And let me ask you, what is your Jerusalem? What's that thing you got to do no matter what? The next trait, and the last one, is just as important as the other two, and just as simple, and just as hard. Don't give up. Now, whereas persistence went along with the last one, there's a word that goes with this one too. It's called perseverance. We have to persevere. And I was thinking this week, like, who do I know that would be a, a, that's a story of my life and inspiration of perseverance? And as strange as it sounds, Walt Disney is one of those people in my life. And, and a lot of people don't always know the backstory. You just kind of assume, well, he drew a picture of a mouse and things took off from there. But that was not Walt's life. In fact, did you know he was fired from his first job in a local newspaper because his boss thought he lacked creativity? It was Walt Disney. <laughs> He had $40 to his name, so he moved to L.A. to try acting. He failed. He didn't make it. He would, however, after that, as he started getting a vision for doing uh, cartoons and all, uh, he'd find some success in a project called Oswald the Rabbit, only to have his business partner steal the rights and the employees right out from underneath him. On the train ride back to California, that's when he would begin drawing the picture of a mouse on a napkin. We know him as Mickey. However, 
he had to raise capital to try to make a feature film with Mickey, and he was rejected by over 300 banks in the process. And after years of what he called his eating the beans years, he would finally bring the mouse to the screen. People often get persistence and perseverance mixed up, but they're not the same thing. They have their uniquenesses to them. As I said earlier, persistence is a choice. You choose to be disciplined and do the work and advance the ball down the field. Perseverance, on the other hand, is a perspective you have in life. You continue forward even when faced with failure or challenges. See, it's one thing to persist. I'm just going to have that grit. I'm going to move forward. Blah. It's another thing to continue forward when you suddenly have roadblocks, obstacles, and challenges in front of you. And that one requires perseverance. It's resilience in the face of a trial. It's continuing to do something in spite of failure. And it's overcoming problems by finding solutions. Do you catch that? Overcoming problems by finding solutions. Because let's face it, anybody can walk into a room and point out the problems. It takes a leader to come up with solutions. And perseverance is all about leadership. All about leadership. And what you learn is perseverant people see the world a little bit differently. They see problems as challenges to be solved. They see walls as something you break through. And obstacles are puzzles also to be solved. Whereas for some, the walls come, the obstacles come, and they hunker down, they go, woe is me, and they quit. A person with perseverance says, uh-uh. We're going to find a way through this thing. We're going to creatively come up with solutions, and we ain't going to stop. Because I have a calling. We're going to do it. Let me ask, is that how you face challenges? If you're being honest, maybe you tend to give up a little bit easily. This one's in my notes, but I wrote it out this week because I wanted us to really grab this. And again, when I wrote this out, I was preaching to myself on this one. Perseverance is having the stamina and endurance to keep trying during a time of struggle. It means surviving tough conditions and coming out better on the other side. Catch this last line, okay? It is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. You know what I mean? It's that hard work you do when you're already tired, exhausted, and want to give up. But you keep doing the hard work. And you keep building upon it. And you don't stop. It's the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. And perseverance, as I was studying various people this week, is what sets really great leaders apart oftentimes. Why? Because it requires patience and determination, what I call doggedness, and a regular practice to develop this skill. In other words, 
I don't think you're born with perseverance. Maybe some have an inclination towards it more than others, but I believe it is a leadership skill you have to work on, develop, and train in your life. You have to want to do it. It sets them apart because they continue working towards a goal or an objective despite facing painful circumstances, such as criticism, accusations, or mockery. If you're a leader and you cast vision and you work towards a goal, not everybody's going to go praise the Lord, thank you, pastor. Not everybody's going to get on board. You're going to have critics. Whatever it is at your job, whatever it is even in your family, whatever it is in whatever area of your life you've got to work on, not everybody's just going to get on board. And you've got to be able to work through that. And you have to have enough self-confidence and understanding of God's will to work your way through that. There will be ongoing challenges and even disappointing setbacks. But you keep working towards the goal. And one thing with all the leaders as I was looking at them this week that I noticed is they maintain the same level of energy consistently throughout the process. That was tough. That was tough. And listen, genius and creativity are good things. Our culture prizes them. But I do want to set them apart for a minute and remind you that they're just talents. Those are something you're, you're born with, genius, creativity. But talent alone cannot propel you to success. It can't. It's a good thing to have. But the fact is, a creative genius can do absolutely nothing. Can't they? Good ideas, if we're being honest, are just ideas unless you act upon them. What sets apart these people is their hard work, their persistence, and their perseverance. Clinging to the goal. And sure, we had Jesus on the first one, and I, I had to think of, well, okay, so who else had this great ability to persevere in Scripture and well, I didn't have to get any far, so we go to one of the other big guys in there, the Apostle Paul, when I think of perseverance. I'll read a verse in 1 Corinthians 9. He says this, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Why? To win as many as possible. That line there, to win as many as possible, drove Paul thousands of miles earnestly without interruption and without stopping, that one idea to win as many as possible was core to everything in Paul's life. That was his why. But notice this. Acts 14, when he's in Lystra, it says this. Some Jews from Antioch and Iconium came and they won the crowd over. So they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. How's that for a welcome committee? Again, not everybody's going to be a fan of your vision. Not everybody's going to agree with your message. But notice what Paul does next. This is so great. In verse 20, he says, But after the disciples gathered around him, he got up and went back in the city. So how many of you, when beaten within an inch of your life, when you woke up, would say, Hey, let's go back into town. That seems like a really cool idea. Let's do that. And yet Paul because he had that central idea, I have to win as many as possible. 
He could think of nothing else, and his life meant less than the single goal God had put on his life. I have to win as many. That's why it's so important. That is a picture of perseverance. So let's land the plane, if we could. And again, I I hear you on this. Someone's saying, this was really simple overall, Pastor Jason. I mean, I get it. Don't don't give up. Keep going forward. Be persistent. I I, I hear you on on all, all that stuff. And yet, I know so many people that don't have goals. So let's keep it simple today. Are you willing to do the hard work? Are you willing to persist? Can you persevere? When challenges come, will you quit and run, or will you stand steadfastly in face of them? Do you tend to criticize or build up? Are you part of the solution or part of the problem? Which one best describes you? I end with this. We started reach with a a clear focus and and it developed through staff meetings through board through church and small group meetings it it really grew and it ended up looking something as simple as this we want to be more than just sunday morning we want to break out of our walls we want to be the church throughout the week and we want to be a light in our community if we were to shut our doors down we want our community to miss us our goals have always been the same We want to introduce people to Jesus, teach them the way of Christ, and release disciples into the community. Why? Because those disciples then go back, those disciples then go back to introducing people to Jesus, teaching them the way of Christ, and then you've got two or three people now who go out and introduce more people to Jesus, teach them the way of Christ, and release more disciples. And then we have disciples making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And don't you know that's how the early church grew? Disciples making disciples making disciples. And we knew that in order to do this and to reach out and extend our reach in the community, we have to persevere, keep going, even in the face of trials. Don't let go. Don't take your foot off the pedal. We need to meet our financial goals. It's not about asking for money. I just The reality is this. You don't do anything in this world today without it. It's just the the society we live in, so we're going to have to meet our financial goals to, to be the church that God is calling us to be. And we've said this time and time again, you've got to go find your one. Who's that person in your life that is far from Christ that you need to begin talking to, taking steps with? I didn't say proselytize to immediately. I was like, can you just be their friend? Can we live outside of our bubble? Can we just find some people to do life with? Why? I end with this last verse, but the Lord put this on my heart all week, and I I think this verse is so powerful. Hebrews 10.36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, what's it say? You will receive what He has promised. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Because we talked about this in our Christmas series, we talked about covenants. What do we know about God? He's a promise keeper. His promises are true. Persevere. 
so that we can receive what he has promised. And that is the message the Lord put on my heart today, not only for reach, but what's that thing in your life you need to persevere through? What's that thing you're walking through? Persevere. Because as we joked when I opened, winter's hard. But I'm telling you all, spring's coming. It's just a few weeks away. It's right around the corner. But hear me on this. You have to walk through winter to get to spring. Okay? It's just true. Sometimes you have to walk through winter to get to spring. We're going to need to persevere, and there's work to be done. So I end with this last question again. What's your goals? What are you chasing after? And more importantly, what's your next step? Be persistent and persevere and live sent.